Action Park Media. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glut. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. I'm very excited today to have Jonathan Tucker on the podcast. He is not only a very talented actor that I have personally had the privilege of working with these past months, but he's also extremely knowledgeable when it comes to diet and exercise, thus giving him one of the all-time greatest physiques in Hollywood, and I don't think that's an exaggeration at all. Today, we're going to talk about what he does personally to stay healthy. You can find Jonathan on Instagram at Jonathan M. Tucker. Jonathan Tucker, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Well, I don't know how to respond, I feel like. So I'm like the, what are the words? Privilege and honor. Long-awaited. <laughs> This I is, told you I've listened to the podcast. This has before. been that long was like our, our initial me. conversation. By the way, I was shocked to hear that. No, but you're putting content out there. You got to expect that it finds an audience, right? Yeah. I just didn't expect the audience to be you. <laughs> I mean, it, what's been great, I feel like we've already done our own this this podcast, or at least the quality of the content of what we hope of a good podcast like this is going to be like 10 times already on this show. Yeah. The, um, so because of that, we're going to have to rehash some stuff. Yeah, no, I'm aware of that. Okay. I, 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 look, I think, um, as I said, I'm not keen on doing, I feel like, you know, you only can do so many podcasts because people essentially are like, I've really heard enough from this guy. I don't need to hear much more, but, um, you know, the reason why I, th- I think this is, um, could be even helpful for me is simply that, um, you know, I get asked a lot about the sort of stuff that you and I talk about yeah. and I'm passionate about it. Um, as I know you are. So if the focus here is like what you and I have both been talking about, then um, I think it's, um, it'll be a good opportunity for certainly for me. That's all I want to talk about. Um, I want to <laughs> talk about anything else. I don't want to talk about anything else, but not. how brutal was uh, dinner the other night on set? No, I'm totally kidding. That's a joke. Uh, I don't know what, like that scene we shot was really tough. Tell me about your acting. Yeah, I'm no. totally kidding. Um, no process. No, I don't no care about any of it. Stuff. No, I don't care Let's about right any of it. it. None of that matters to me. I want to preface this by saying, I no have, compliments. Let's keep, it's keep, gonna be let's a keep compliment. compliments out. No, nope, I'm not going to not compliment right you. I have been a fan of your work for a long time, but I think you have one of the rare things of like a physique that is the most desirable physique in the world. Like I look at you and I see your fucking obliques, dude. I'm ready to walk out that store. That's a big right deal. Now. No, but here's the point. How do we, how, how, how here's what I want to know is, did you have that physique at 10 years old at 15 years old? No, no, not at all. Um, and you know, look, I think if we're going to throw, I mean, the, the reason why um, I think your podcast is um, so successful and why so many people um, look to you, uh, for this sort of, 
conversation and advice is simply because at the apex of body transformation, you know, there's nobody who's done it, um, you know, more honorably um, and demonstrably than you. So there's my my kickback for <laughs> you. totally Go ridiculous. Come on, How come about that, true. Tucker? I'll take that. I like that. It's, you know, from from Becky's. Yeah. We, we tend to like that sort of dialogue. But um, I. I mean, I've always been interested in physicality. I did. I danced um, ballet as a young kid, and I really I fell in love with with movement and kind of understanding how my my uh, my my body works. And I saw how well that helped me as an actor. And I was always interested in it as an actor, but I didn't quite know how to access and kind of marry the thoughts and the hopes that I had had about movement and acting until. Um, really until kind of much more recently, I think it, I, I was, I was hoping to find that sort of movement, um, by accident, or I, I was hoping to find it on purpose, but it was, I was only finding it by accident, like with the shoes you might wear or the wardrobe, or, um, you might get lucky and find some character trait that's in the script that's physical. But, um, now it's so important to me to find that different physicality in characters, you know, just the way you hold your utensils or walk down a street or open a door, things like that. Um, and so the more attuned you can be with your body um, and know how it works, the better off um, you are. And then of course you marry, you, you, you that gets, the, it gets kind of hand in glove with discipline and um, routine um, and mental health. And, and for, like that. those for me are the, you know, look, I've, since I was a kid, I was put on programs and, and, and all of that. And, and the, the discipline and the routine is something that I find to be like, now I, I revel in it totally, but it's become comfortable for me now. And it certainly wasn't always. So that like, is good comfortable or bad comfortable? Um, well, I, I, I've learned to enjoy discomfort. Yeah. yeah me too. Yeah, that, that's what I thought you meant. Yeah. Yeah, um, there's this great book. It's a um, biography of uh, Vince Lombardi by David Marinus, who's a great um, American historian. And it's a it's a g- fabulous book to read for anybody. One of the things he talks about is essentially, um, you know, discipline or freedom through discipline. Right. And so that's the sort of comfort I thought you were talking about. Yeah. Um, which is you can drive me anywhere in the world um, with, and I'll figure out a way to find a routine that allows me to then enjoy the rest of my experience in that place. Yeah. So, you know, you and I are here in Mexico, three hours outside of Mexico city. And of course I, I happened by myself to find the one gym. So that those are the sorts of things that, um, you know, when you look at why a, a team, you know, why a coach like Lombardi was so uh, successful, um, this idea of self-discipline, of understanding the larger context of the game. Um, for him, it was football. Yeah. And you would, you know, every player would kind of have to learn the entirety of, um, of the sport in order to figure out where they uh, are placed in the puzzle. And, um, and then this idea of freedom through, uh, through discipline. And I just think that that is so helpful to anybody in any business. It's particularly helpful to actors who are kind of all over the place. Right. I've got these two kids, you know, and then you've got kids as well. Like my kids and everything I've read, everything empirically talks about how children love routine. Yeah. They love it. They thrive off it. 
And then we get to this place where like, no, we don't need to do a routine. We just want to, you know, give me, I need openness. I can do anything I want. And, but if you don't find something to structure your life, you don't actually enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's such a huge part of it. Uh, I, I get, I don't know what, I don't know why I had to figure that out myself. Uh, and I'm not putting blame on my parents, but do you remember at any point in your childhood or where you were developing this similar kind of point of view that it was a struggle that wasn't good? Yeah. I mean, it's always really hard to get into that place, what we're talking about. Yeah. And it's just with the, when, when all of a sudden, I mean, even like here, a good, a good example for me um, that I think is helpful for me to see how other people view this conversation. They're like, ah, oh, these jerks, you know, talking about how they enjoy going to the gym or enjoy finding a routine structure and the efforts it takes to make that happen. Right. Cause you, you don't just wake up and be like, yeah, I'm thrilled to jump out of bed early and go work out before work or something like that. Right. Um, and anybody who feels like they do enjoy it, will, you know, screw them. Uh, <laughs> right. so like running, I hate running. I just, Oh my God, do I, I hate it. Yeah. Um, almost everything about it. And I, then I get, you know, then I start hating on runners. Like, I'm like, look at these, you know, look at these guys. Yeah. I can't, you know, it's like bicyclists with their dentist mirrors and their yeah. cloppity clop shoes and things like that. But I know that when I start running and I've had to do it for a few gigs, there's like, there's a certain, um, I get to a point in the running uh, over a period of time when I start enjoying it. And then I hate myself. I'm like, oh yeah. God, you've fallen for it. You know, you son of a gun. Um, when you find there, when you find the joy in the discomfort, um, in doing something that your mind doesn't want to do, um, and that your body doesn't want to do, and you you figure out a way to cross that threshold, it's very rewarding. You know, the the human spirit likes that. Like, uh, you know, the dignity and self worth comes from high expectations. Yeah. And we see it in lots of different places. You see it in sports um, all the time uh, with a good coach, good coaching. They, they, they believe that you're capable of doing something that, you're, that either you don't want to do or you don't know if you can do. Um, and it, it's calibrated the same way that when you go through boot camp or you're in the armed services, they do the same thing. They take this host of different kinds of people and backgrounds, and they've been able to figure out a way in which to put a, cert, a bar at a certain height where you can reach that bar if you jump high enough, but you don't, it's like, it looks too high. Yeah. Uh, and we have all these other devices to, to, um, to do that. Um, and it gives us a sense of our capacity as a human being. It's when we, we stop asking um, so much of people where people start to feel badly about themselves. Right. And I think, you know, you know, you and I have talked about addiction um, and drug and alcohol use and, um, and mental health. And I think a big part of falling into that is when people don't expect a lot of you and what you, when you are able to transform that from other people expecting things of you to you expecting something of yourself is where your whole life becomes so, um, beautiful. Yeah. I've, I, for the longest time, I think I, I had ideas of what I wanted and they were, so seemingly unattainable that I would just go like, not going to do it. You know, the minute you go, I have this idea that's like five years from now 
and all the work that is between now and five years crashes down upon me and I become overwhelmed and I go, hey, fuck that, that's too much. I think the, 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 for me, the solution I found through all of that is have some abstract idea of five years, don't get super burdened by whatever that is. And especially for people who, like, I look at you, I can't even imagine getting to, like, if I went, like, I want to have the same type of fitness right now that Tucker has, that's a fucking big undertaking. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. That could be overwhelming to me. So I go like, what's step one in that? That's you're you're absolutely right. And, and obviously not with in comparison to anybody else, but no, yes, I'm gonna stop complimenting yeah, you at no, some I know, point. But, but I do I look no, but you're to, right. I've seen pictures of you, Tucker, where I'm right. just like he's done it all. all. Right, he's all right, figured all right. it all. Well, out. it's not that's definitely not true. And I, I, I but but your point, your broader point is so, so critical of um understanding the what is it? Um, the Kurzweil, the singularity is now the, um, it's this idea that essentially of exponential growth. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's, it's a lot like looking at how a plane takes off and you're standing there watching, um, a huge Boeing 747 that weighs hundreds of thousands of pounds or whatever. And how does that thing get into the air? Right. Which is truly like still to me, I find flying like totally unbelievable. I can't believe I never, I'm the last person to complain about flights. I'm like, is it safely flying through the air? <laughs> right. We won. Yeah. It's unbelievable that like human flight, um, that airplane takes a runway that is substantial yeah. to get the speed, um, and the lift that is required for this piece of machinery to literally fly through the air at 500 miles an hour. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, and all, every single, this is, this is across all of nature um, and business and technology. Um, it's just, it's exponential growth. So it's this very, very, very long hockey stick, you know? Yeah. And you, you have to constantly believe in it um, because it's true. So if you, if you don't believe you have to start looking at how micro technology for, you know, the microchip essentially has gotten smaller and cheaper. Right. Or, um, you know, cars have gotten more efficient. These are not gradual um, changes. They are exponential. And so once you then understand that, then you have to have faith. And, you know, when I, looking at like a show like Kingdom, which we've talked about, um, and when I've talked to other actors who have, I've, I've helped um, get to a certain place physically, the hardest part is getting them to do exactly what you just said, which is to understand that it is going to take a certain amount of time. Now I can, you know, I'm sure a good trainer and um, can look at somebody and assess their fitness level and say, it's going to take 12 weeks to right. get to a certain point. Right. Right. And they can have these sort of benchmarks. The problem is so many people get to like eight weeks and they're like, I'm doing this perfectly. Yeah. My diet's I don't, perfect. I see there. nothing. Yeah. I see nothing. Yeah. You know, and, and weight of scale is totally bullshit. You know, that's like just the worst. Yeah. Um, metric that you could possibly use um and then all of a sudden they're at eight weeks and it's like they, they, you know, people just give up because they uh, why am i doing this if i don't see the results and then the plane takes off right and it's like oh my god look look what happened here yeah and instagram can be so detrimental for your mental health and it can also be so inspiring for yeah. fitness um and you you gotta figure out the the right way to use it 
and leverage it both for the intellectual capital that's on there to help you if you don't have the financial resources. Um, but, uh, but also to inspire you. Yeah. Um, I, I just, uh, I think your point about taking, you know, this, this idea that Marines talk about slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Yes. That is absolutely correct. Because once you reach a certain, certain level, even the fuel efficiency for a plane is reduced exponentially once you're in the air. Right. right? So it takes all this fuel and this huge long runway to get the plane off. Yeah. And then and, and as you're climbing, boy, it's just burning fuel. Yeah. And the moment that you then settle at an altitude, you basically reduce the, the fuel and you're, but you're gliding. But even there, as, you, as your trip pro- progresses, you can fly higher and higher Correct. because the fuel is getting less and less and you're just getting more and more efficient the whole time. I love the airplane analogy. I've never thought about it that way, but like you started talking about it and I'm like, what's step one to manned human flight? And it's like, turn the plane on and then you can even go back before that and 100%. go like somebody had to have the idea to like you. At that point, you've got a plane that can fly. Like, what happens before you even have the plane? Like, somebody's designing this. Somebody's figuring out aviation, like, lift and all of that. Um, and even when you're in the cockpit, you're going through all the checklists. Right. You haven't even taken on. You haven't, you know, you haven't, ta- you haven't even, the passengers are still getting on. Yeah. And you're going through a booklet, checking all the, the instruments. Yeah. The lady is literally bickering with TSA and the captain is in there looking and flipping switches and checking stuff. And there's dudes looking at the engines. Find the gym. Find the gym. Find it. Go on Google. Find yeah. the gym. Know where it is. Right. You don't even have to go today. This is a great step one. But Find that's, the gym. Uh, that is, um, I think that's a part of like a mindset thing of like, make the decision. And I think about this a lot because today the decisions are effortless for me. I'm making decisions left and right, and I'm attaining them with some kind of an idea of of what that takes. Having done various things, it's a, it's a lot. You, you could get overwhelmed to a guy who's, or a gal who's, you know, a hundred pounds overweight, embarrassed to go to the gym to say, just like, make the decision, find the gym. It's, it's a lot, but that is it. That's the whole game. Literally open your Google, find the gym the next day, a week later. I mean, just literally call and be like, how much does it cost to get in? (laughs) Okay, cool. Just 20 bucks. Okay. And how about if I do a, can I do a five pass? Yeah. Can I do a week? How much if I do for a year, if I pay for the year, a month, can I get a trainer for a session for the, if I, if I do a year, can look, I'm Jewish and Irish Catholic, so I'm cheap and <laughs> right. frugal. But I'm like, can I, can I, can I get a few sessions with a personal trainer if I sign up for the year and pay for the year? Yeah. I mean, just start finding out information. Um, and the other thing is, you know, I, I hadn't thought, you know, it's like I've been so privileged for so many different reasons, but, um, you know, I've never been embarrassed to go to the gym because I've been overweight. I have been embarrassed to go to the gym uh, if it's a, if it's a combat sports gym and I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So I understand the humility that's required to walk in um, and to essentially say like, I don't know what I'm doing. And in combat sports, you're no, you can oftentimes be in a ring in the middle of a gym looking like a complete fool. Right. No idea what you're doing with dudes who have been doing this for so long that they're, they're like as though they're, Experts at ballet. It is a dance of sorts. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. And one of the joys of, of, of getting to be a part of the combat sports world is getting to go to different gyms around the, the country and around the world and recognizing um, that I have something to learn from everybody. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you are embarrassed to go to the gym, understand that everybody's had their first day in the gym. Um, and that if you're actually trying to um, understand 
what you're doing there, even if you're not doing it perfectly, you're going to have the respect of every single person in there. It's these people who walk in the gym that just think, oh, yeah, no problem. I can lift all these things. And they've got bad form. They've got right. no program, no idea. Um, that shows a lack of humility. Yeah. Um, and a lack of understanding of what everybody else is trying to do here. Um, it's the same thing of like going to a boxing gym and thinking, yeah, I'll just start working the bag. You look like an idiot and you'll have no respect from anybody. Right. I experienced the exact same thing with combat sports. And I will say that, and I, and I hate to even think, talk about it in these terms because I, I really want to present data that is like, doesn't cost an arm and a leg. You know what I mean? Like any gym membership is going to cost something. A diet does not cost anything. Anybody can go on to a restrictive diet and save money. So, so like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then we can get into like fine tuning it, making it healthier. That uh, might, that finance might is cost a huge money. part of all of this. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of ways to, to make it work for sure. The combat sports thing. I realized like when I started out, I was so embarrassed. I was overweight that I just did privates for a long time. Totally. And, and then the day I went, like, I'm ready for a class, class yeah. went into the class and realized there are brand new people in this class. That, who, and I'm so far ahead. And I'm so far yeah, ahead. Right. And I didn't have to do this at all. Correct. Because nobody wants to hurt you. Nobody wants to see you fail. That's the other thing. Same thing in the gym, dude. Yeah. Everybody wants to see you succeed. We're Everybody, all there for that reason. Same thing with an audition. Yeah. Right. Everybody, that whole room wants you to come in. I don't know. They, the waiting room might not want not, you to not succeed. Yeah, but the people in the and room. And by the way, the people who don't want you to succeed in the waiting them. room. No, no, they just, they're not going to last. Yeah. They will not last. Yeah. Um, but the people in, in, when you walk in, the people at their job interview, they want you to dazzle them, man. Yeah. They want to be dazzled. They've got a problem. They want you to solve it. And when you walk into a gym, um, you know, people will if you're open to a conversation, people will help you. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, obviously like somebody will, will help spot you, but if you walk up to somebody who looks like they know what they're doing, you say, Hey man, I, I don't want to interrupt your workout, but you think you might give me an exercise. I mean, literally in anywhere, what's your favorite exercise for triceps or for a back? Yeah. Just one. I will say the first time that happened to me and the dude was pretty fit. <laughs> yeah, you felt and good and I was yourself. like, why are you, what you're asking me? And he was like, yeah, I mean, you know what you look like, you know what you're doing. And I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't own that position. It, it took a few times of going like, okay, I, I guess I, this is w how I appear to this guy who I should be asking for advice, but he's asking me. It was a, was a weird feeling. There's a, um, there's something I think about all the time. Um, and it, there's this great YMCA gym. I, I love Y gyms. Um, yeah. Whenever I travel, I always like to try to find a, a YMCA gym. Um, and uh, great community, like great people, usually great equipment. Um, they're just, it's a great resource. Um, and I was up in Vancouver at the YMCA there on that main drag of the Burrard, I think. And there was a blind guy with his dog and he was at the gym. It's a really active gym too. So this, this gentleman literally does not know I exist. Right. Has never seen me. Will never see me. He's <laughs> incapable of sight. Um, and there he is every day with his seeing eye dog lifting weights. Right. I found it to be one of the most inspiring things that I have ever seen. Yeah. Um, and to him, there's nothing extraordinary, not even special. He's just going to the gym. Yeah. Right. And I was just, I was, if this guy can come to the gym, boy, what are my excuses? Right. <laughs> right. I also feel that way. You know, I recently ruptured my Achilles tendon. I saw this guy in the gym the other day up in, you know, who was on crutches. 
And I went up to him. I was like, I just want to say, man, I've been, I've been there. I've been here. Yeah. And I, I'm, and having already even done that, I'm just expired to see you here. Yeah. Um, I feel that way with, when I see anybody who is first time in the gym or struggling with their weight, I look to them and I go, God, I am so inspired. I can do another set. I can do another rep. I'm going to be here tomorrow. Yeah. I'm inspired when I see those people and I wish, you know, I wouldn't, you know, feel comfortable maybe going up to somebody who's overweight and saying, "Hey, I'm inspired to see you here," because clearly, you know, you're trying to get your health back yeah. um, into your own hands. But I wish they would know that I feel that way, and I, I, I and I'm definitely not the only person who feels that. I mean, you saying that makes me want to say that because I feel the same thing, and I am a little too um, shy or like I don't want to hurt their feelings or or whatever it is I don't want to set them back like I don't want that compliment to be the thing that keeps them from coming back but I feel the same way as you and I actually wish there were more I wish I I wish the gym was more filled with people on that path rather than what I see which tends to be people who are who have, or closer to the finish line of, or whatever that means, or attaining some product. Yeah, from I, mean, look, going. I go to the oldest gym in Hollywood called the Easton Gym. Right. It's been there since 1939. Um, my buddy Toby, who has, who has given and sacrificed to keep that gym um, alive, particularly over the pandemic, um, understands that he is a community leader. Yeah. The gym is a community leader. And the kinds of people that go there are the, are the reason why I enjoy getting up every day and having the opportunity to um, make some time to be there. It has every age. Right. I mean, there, you know, my buddy Jorge, who's there, is in his 80s. He's a retired actor. That's awesome. Um, he's there every day. Right. Uh, and there's four or five other octogenar- octogenarians I who think, are there. Yeah. Uh, there's every walk of life in Stripe. And it, it is inspiring to be there because of that, not because of the guys who are making $20 million a movie who are getting ready for their Marvel um, suits, who are also there. Right. I am not inspired by them. No. I mean, no. I, and I'm not saying this for the podcast. I'm no, not, you but know, I'm with I am you. not inspired by if, them. If, if, if $20 million and, and world notoriety are not enough to like, like that to me, I'm like, yeah, you fucking better day. look great for that Marvel you know, movie. The, 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 the doctor who's, who's on call at Cedars. Yeah. The plumber who's, you know, yeah. who just came, who, you know, in the middle of the night, got the call um, to fix somebody's pipe, you know, leaking pipes. Um, you know, th- th- those are the people when I see them at the gym, I'm like, this is what th- this whole thing is about. And it's just a conduit. You know I mean? That's what you and I've talked about. It's a conduit to better understanding who you are and what you're capable of and for making, you know, giving your, your brain and your soul the opportunity to be at its very best. You can't, your soul does not shine when you feel badly about yourself and you doesn't have to look a certain way. I mean, we've, we know, by the way, empirically, like you're not going to die uh, earlier because you have a, a, essentially a little bit of extra weight or you're not, you, you don't have the perfect body type, right. like what we think of as today. Yeah. We know that that is absolutely not the case, but you want to be healthy. Yeah. Right. And when you're healthy uh, and you're disciplined and you've got a routine, um, you're going to be better at everything in your life, personally, um, and professionally, and spiritually. Yeah, and as we move, as society progresses, and we move further and further away from the need to move our bodies to exist, you know that that That's right. need has been taken away. We're not we're not out. You know, the worst we're going to do is have to walk around a supermarket to find food, right? And and that's. I mean, by the way, it's funny because I talk about math all the time, but like this. 
you know, I, I grew up, I'm sure you did too, when you were in a math class and the teacher's like, well, you're not going to have a calculator with you all the time. <laughs> right. I'm like, well, actually, it turned out multiple, that correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, multiple cal- uh, calculators. Um, and now and, Google and, for the hard stuff, for the stuff the calculator literally, doesn't literally, do. Right. Yeah. So then if we're going to teach math now, it's really a, a, something about, uh, it's got to be a way to train your mind. Right. Right. It's a mind training exercise. Yeah. How do you do these puzzles? These That's little exactly what this puzzles. is now. It's not a practical application anymore. And it, for the most part, yeah. um, the same way, I think going to the gym in that context that you shared, that we don't need to go to the gym anymore in order to get our food yeah. um, uh, or to, for most of our professions. Uh, certainly there are some professions that demand it, but um, then what, then why are you going to go? Yeah. Right? And now it's a, it has a different calling. Right. Yeah. I, I, I love, I just love the ritual of having something every single day that I know will improve my day. Like coffee improves my day a little bit. Food improves my day, certainly. And and obviously without food, my day sucks and I'm grumpy and all of that. But like the, the net benefit that I get out of my hour at the gym, or if I have extra time, my two hours at the gym. Or, or baby, if you got 30 minutes, yeah. if you got 20 minutes. Yeah. The day is better. If you got 15 minutes to do some, you know, if you've got 10 minutes in the bathroom to literally just do some squats in front of the mirror, it sounds so stupid. Yeah. People are like, what an asshole. But dude, you do 10 minutes of squats. Your day is you better. You walking. Right. right. You're not, you know, yeah. You, the, sometimes, you know, when you shorten the amount of time that you have to do something, um, the the more focused you can be on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is a a valuable thing to talk about. I, I, I wish everybody was inspired to go to the gym. Or I do really something do. physical. And, and I will say, though, I am not a, you know, I am, as I've learned more, um, I, I, weight resistance is um, mandatory in yeah. my world. Um, Me too. Not, not in, I'm saying in my worldview. Yeah. So, you know, if you look at the people who run marathons, all these people are like, yeah, I'll just run. I do not believe that is what um, we should be considering fitness. Right. Um, running is, has not demonstrably shown to be the um, means in which to get healthy. And you certainly don't lose a lot of weight doing it. Um, it's not, if you don't actually run properly, it's not great for the, the for, body. For an overweight person. It would be the very last thing I would suggest as a form of exercise. So glad you said that because I agree, and I've seen it. I mean, there's all you got to do is go sit at a marathon, right? And you got people who've been running for months, yeah, disciplined running. Some of the worst out of shape people I've seen. I mean, there's a whole group of fabulously in shape people, yeah, but it, it is not an indicator of health. I mean, and those 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 who are like the the top of their class, I think could even be considered underweight. I think running is a great thing to do in general. It's a nice supplement to um, weight resistance training. Yeah. And, um, and that's why, you know, I say you have to know what you're doing to the point of like, when you go to the gym, you don't just throw on a pair of, you shouldn't just, it's not like throwing on a pair of sneakers and just running. Right. You actually have to know what you're doing with some of these dumbbells and barbells and um, certain machines. And that's where like, Right now, YouTube is so valuable and it's free. Instagram is so valuable and it's free. You can create a new account on Instagram. It's another account, not your, not your own. Um, or you can figure out a way to do a different folder on the saving of posts. And you can start following some physical fitness um, uh, influencers or other, um, you know, gym sites, whatever you know, physical fitness stuff. 
And you can start saving those posts. There's a good back exercise or a good routine for your arms, or this is how you use that machine. I'll just click save, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, after you know a few weeks, you're going to have a whole bunch of content that you can look to at the gym, and it's free, yeah. and you're going to know what you're doing. And some of these people are fantastic. You know, retract the scab and drop your elbow and, you know, pull from from the hip and all these yeah. things. You're like, oh, okay, well, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And knowing what muscle you're working and trying Thinking to about concentrate it, correct, on absolutely mind right. muscle connection yep. is a real thing. I, I want to shit on writing running for just one more Great. minute. I'm happy to do it, but I don't want to get feedback from <laughs> no, runner's no, world. No, I don't, think, I don't I, think we will. Uh, because look, if, if I, I agree with you. If it's something that is ancillary to other stuff, I think it's great. But for me, I've found the ability to track progression is becomes difficult with running. So I think it's very important to, to not be static with what you're doing. You can't just do a hundred pushups every day and say like, that's all I'm going to do or, that's right. or take uh whatever, 135 pounds on the barbell, 10 reps. Right, yeah, every I wouldn't, day say, I wouldn't say this. You're absolutely right. I wouldn't say the same way I'm talking about running. I wouldn't say you should just do pushups. That's exactly right. Um, it's easier I have found with something like running to go like, I'm just going to get on a treadmill, set it at six. I could never set it at six. I'm setting it like 3.5 or four, to be honest with you, but set it at six and run for 20 minutes. And that's what I'm going to do every day, day in, day out. There's your body is going to figure that out. And the benefits that you get in the beginning are not going to be the benefits you get a month later. It's going to be night and day difference. I love the idea of getting on the treadmill for 20 minutes and then going to lift weights. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's a around. great warm up. Yeah. 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 And I think a little bit of cardio is good. Um, I think what happens, what happened for me was I get on my bike, I ride at like the same cadence for a certain distance and then I ride back and maybe at the end of a certain amount of time, I'm doing it a little bit faster, but the benefits have slowed down so greatly because I'm not, the, the ability to track progression I found was a little bit more difficult. So if you're going like, I'm going to do intervals of, you know, I think HIIT training can be really cool for cardio, but like just when you hear about, I spend a half an hour a day on the treadmill and, uh, and I'm, it's doing not what? doing anything for me. Yeah. Look, I mean, I, if I need for me and, uh, for, I prefer to add the cardio, I'd rather do, um, some deadlifts, less weight, just like yeah. really, but, but, but challenging. Sure. Uh, I will be out of breath in two seconds. Yeah. Um, I do like jumping rope. Um, and I find that helpful with cardio. Um, you know, there's obviously a difference between that long, um, slow, get, you know, getting the, getting the heart, you know, slowing everything down. Um, and then there's a difference between getting the, 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 the hit stuff. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think, I think people believe that they know how to run. So they just throw in their sneakers and that's how to start their right. fitness journey. When I, 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 I was lucky like you to be able to afford a trainer starting out my buddy, Ryan J. Farhoudi, the best of the best. Um, you know, he really taught me uh, how to lift weights. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of young guys, um, or gals might have that happen in high school with a coach or a sports team, but if you don't have that and you can't afford a trainer, which is the majority of um, people and certainly, um, was never something I thought I'd have the financial resources to accomplish. Um, now with social media and YouTube, there's really no excuses. Yeah. I mean, it is the, the, the knowledge is out there and you can do it. I think one of the things I talk about a lot, um, and we were, we were just talking about this before we came on the podcast was having a plan and 
you know, mental conditioning is so important to all of this because you can get that extra rep out if your mind um, is is there with you, right? Yeah. If it's all about getting to a, a place of get of of discomfort and how then can how f- much further can I go to discomfort? Then it's not about doing eight reps as long as it means so long as it means um, that eight reps doesn't get you there. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't care how many reps it is, as long as I can get to a place where all of a sudden I don't believe I can do it anymore. And then I push through. Yeah. That's where all of it comes, you know, the change in your body comes. It comes in those last, and usually if you time it out, which is so funny, it's literally a few seconds. Right. We're talking 15 to 30 seconds is the difference between your body meaningfully changing and not. Right. And um, when you, um, oh, I, I think I might've lost track where I was going. Oh, do you, if you have a plan, right. It means that, you think, okay, tomorrow I'm going to get up at this time and I'm not going to want to get out of bed. So, uh, I'm, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to have my water right by my bed. So I'm going to drink that big thing of water right before I get up. And then I'm just going to, I immediately, I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm not going to turn on the TV. I'm not going to read the news, but I'm going to go right to the gym. I'm going to get in the car. I'm going to turn on this music when I get in the car. Because this music gets me up, right? right? And when I get there, I know that that woman always wants to talk to me when I check in, but I'm not going to talk to her. I'm going to go straight through. And the first exercise, I'm gonna, and I'm going to do shoulders. Right. That's what I'm doing tomorrow. And I'm going to do the, this is exactly the sort of exercises I want to do. Maybe you have them in order. Maybe you just know what they're going to be. But all of a sudden, when you've thought through what it's going to look like the day before, and you know, and you, and you start to circle into, uh, what, what the challenges and the hurdles are going to be to, um, in between, um, you know, getting from when you get up to when you get there, um, and you start planning how you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. And those are, that's sort of like mental conditioning. It sounds really silly, but it will change the, your life. Yeah. It doesn't sound silly to me. It sounds like the way to win. It is, it is, um, you know, you read Tim Grover who, 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 uh, wrote these two books, relentless and winning, winning, winning just came out. He was Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Dwayne, um, uh, Wade's, uh, mental conditioning coach. Um, you say Dwayne Reed in New York. <laughs> right. Um, this is a guy who understands that there are habits and systems and protocols and ways in which you can um, create championship habits on and off the field. Yeah. And um, the 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 mental game of this is exactly what you just said. It's about winning. Yeah. And winning is going to be different for everybody. But if winning it means getting to the gym and focusing on what you're going to do for the limited time that you have and people's schedules can be so challenging uh, and you're not going to get caught up on your phone or getting caught up talking to your buddies um, or not have the enthusiasm that's required to carry out the, out the day, then um, you're going to, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. I, this kind of structure for me is the, is the only way I can do it. And, and listen, I'm an actor. So as you know, we are presented with situations where we're given a lot of time to sit and do nothing. That is so dangerous for me. That is when I'm it's dangerous for it's dangerous yeah. for everybody. Anybody yeah. with just the, without structure is, it, it, they're not going to be operating at the best, they're at the greatest capacity. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I mean, truly, um, and people's schedules are, you know, that people, people recognize when they have less time to do things, they're more productive. If you have to go home and you only have an hour to prepare for that meeting, you're going to crush that hour. Yeah. You know, you got three hours, you're going to spend all this other time 
you know, doing other things. And then you might squeeze in 20 minutes. Yeah. Two hours on the phone, which fucks up your, your, uh, your momentum for the hour that you spend working on the meeting and your, your energy is off and everything else. But this is human nature, right? That, that, that's, what's important to recognize is that, um, it doesn't matter what your cultural background or economic situation, um, the color of your skin, your religion, we all, have our self-worth is determined by high expectations and then accomplishing them and accomplishing them on your own, essentially. Yeah. Right. That personal drive, that sense of self-discipline. And, um, you, we'd like to be productive and productivity is all, we often find that if you, if, if you, if you set, um, uh, a certain amount of time or have a structure that you will be more productive during that period. And if you circle the thing, you know, it's only a problem if you don't recognize it's a problem. Like I have a problem with my keys, right? I, I just will put them down places. And so I have a tile on my keys now because I recognize that I have a problem, but now it's no longer a problem because I know where my keys are. If you have a problem, like you can't motivate to go to the gym, you find what's going to motivate you, whether it's music or caffeine or a buddy who's going to call you and text you or a buddy who's going to pick you up or your wife's going to dock, you know, dock, uh, you know, something from you. Um, She's not going to cook you that certain thing that you love, whatever it might be. If you can't identify what the problem is um, and you can't solve for it, then it's a problem. But you can have a whole host of issues, man. I mean, a host of them, as long as you know how to address them. Right. Yeah. I also like to have some kind of a plan for when my plan goes to shit. Because plan B. yeah, plan B is plan what does B that is look key. like to you. I, so like, if we're saying like, I'm going to have my water next to my bed right. and I'm going to get up, I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm not going to talk to that gal that wants to ask me be what specific. I'm doing. Yeah. Be yeah. Specific. All of that. So then I go like, well, what if, uh, my water gets knocked over in the night? Uh, my phone has some crazy alarm going off. So I'm forced to pick it up and, and confront it. And then I walk in and that, that person says hello to me. She goes to say something else, but I beeline. I, so I've broken contact with her. And then I'm, and then there's a dude like standing but you're in front of it, man. You're already anticipating the problem. Yeah. And it's not so even a plan B. Anything that comes up, I'm going to crush that. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about though. And then something I cannot foresee. See, this is the thing I, I like to do it. Cause I go like, I want to picture every bad habit I have yeah. and I want to, f- I want to start thinking about how to, how do I solve for it and what habits, what, what, what can I do to, to, to improve upon that? And then I go at some point, I cannot find all of these bad habits until they just present themselves yeah, to me. But this is like a good fighter. I mean, this is the inner game of tennis where all of the work that you've already, which is another, the best book ever, the inner game of tennis. I got to read that one. I haven't read yeah. Tim Galway or Galway life-changing book, Tom Brady book, Jordan book, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, you, you have to allow for, you have to be so present in the moment that all of the work that you've done organically finds itself on the day. And if you talk to any champion um, in sports in particular, uh, particularly in fighting, you know, that, that week before the fight, it's a time to relax. Yeah. You're not going to be learn a, a better, hook right. you're not going to have a better figure out a better combination you're certainly not going to learn anything else new about the, the guy that you're fighting it's a time to relax and be present and not allow your ego to find itself not allow fear to, to set in um the work that you're going to do will find itself organically on the day yeah. and you've got to be open to the moment and open to the situation i mean the guys in, in the armed services who are on mission special forces they talk we've talked about this um you know you like those guys are 
loose, man. Yeah. Because they're open and situational awareness is critical. So the best, you have a game plan, you know what the target is, yeah. but you don't know what's going to come up in between now and then. And if you're so focused on the game plan that you're not open, then you, you, you know, you lose for those, you know, for a guy who's on target, you know, you're going to lose um, your sense of peripheral vision. You can't smell as well. You don't, um, you're not as aware. Yeah. We got, we got to be aware in our lives. Otherwise we're going to lose the magical brief time we have on this earth. That's right. I always think of when we talk about loose and rigid and I think about Nassim Talib who talks about uh, anti-fragile. And so the, the, you know, if you think about a substance, an anti-fragile substance actually becomes stronger with um, uh, pressure versus a fragile thing will break. And if he says people are anti-fragile, when you press, put pressure on people, they actually become stronger. And it's the same thing with a plan. If a plan is so rigid that one thing falls out, and if you can't have that one step fall out without going, I'm going to divert and go, I have plan B, C. And, and by the way, I have a plan for when no plan is available. Then I have a plan too. That's more anti-fragile. That's something that's going to improve with a little pressure. Um, I like that. But that's what I'm talking about yeah. when I say um, expectations. Yeah. You know, when you put pre- when, and when you have a const- when you have a when you have a routine and you have a schedule. Right. Um, that's where you end up getting exactly that sort of pressure that makes you perform better. Yeah. Uh, and we and you know we want to perform at a very high level. Uh, you know, it's fun to act um, in a small room with just your buddies, and I do love that. Right. But I also want like all the fun tools. I want the wardrobe. I want the hair and makeup. I want yeah. the props. I want the production design. You know, I want all the fun stuff, man. Yeah. It, it's 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 fun to throw a football around with your buddy, but it's also fun to play in the NFL. Right. Um, and that line of pressure is a privilege is dead on. Yeah. We were, I don't, I don't want to talk about acting so much, but it made me think like we're doing a scene the other night and we're watching a house burn and, and like it's, we could fake watching a house burn, but how fucking cool is it when the house is burning and That's you can right. feel the flames and it's like that adds something to it. Um, okay. Let's talk about specifics. What do you eat? And are you like dogmatic? We've talked about this before, but like when it comes to like, nobody can eat goji berries or everybody must eat goji berries. Like, how do you deal with that? Because that in Hollywood that you can like, you could see uh, people kind of uh, co-associate based on like how they eat. No, I mean, I, I think the only thing I might be dogmatic on is your focus should be on like renewable, sustainable ethically um raised like livestock sure um and uh and uh, agricultural products it doesn't mean all the time you know you gotta do the best the you can, best do, you can man. do yeah and i'm all about the best you can do i think that the 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 the, the advice on diet is that you've got to find a system that's compliant that allows you to be compliant so um what allows me to be compliant is I saw you, you, you got, I, I don't like plastic. I saw you got some plastic yeah, in that plastic bathroom. Plastic right and left, uh, yes. And I'm a glass and metal guy. Yeah. Um, so I've found that uh, my mason jar system has been the best one that I've been able to find. I have a koozie. I do the big mason jar, which I think is, 
I think it's 24 ounces. I, I just want to say for the record, 36 like, ounces. I am very uh, specific about the stuff I have, the stuff I bring I'm to going work. going to get my mason jar. Yeah. The stuff that I um, take on a, on a car trip, the stuff that I have with me at all times, I feel that I'm like very diligent with this. I fail utterly because Tucker always has stuff with him and my shit's always in the trailer or in my hotel room. And then I'm go like, I wish I had that thing that I would be taking a sip of it right now. I, where's my water like this. This is a plan that failed that I actually very much admire your diligence with so that. This, this Mason jars, the big Mason jars, it's, Mason jars have wide rims or lips and then regular lips or, or rims. I like the reg, the um, regular because um, they're just a little smaller. And this mason jar holds essentially like at least four to probably six large cups of tea. Yeah. So if you go to like the your Starbucks or um or your or uh, you're on set and like they give you like a one cup of tea, I get like six of these in here. Yeah. Right? And it's also the same thing with water. Um, and I I use it all. It's with me all day and all night. I also have the koozies. I buy mine from Jarzy.com. J A R like there's like a, a dash in there somewhere, but you if you just search for like mason jar koozie for the big ones that allows me to have put hot and cold liquid in there, without um and being able to hold it you yeah. don't want to give a big mason jar to a Starbucks barista and <laughs> right. have her burn her hand off. Um, I like it because it's glass. I like it because of this amount that I have in here, and then I can fill up mini mason jars, the really small ones which only have a few ounces of, ounces in them, with that bulletproof kind of um fatty drink that i i do yeah um but i'll fill this entire thing up with some tea um gentle tea um that steeps overnight so that in the morning um or water if you don't have tea so then in the morning i literally wake up and drink an entire large mason jar of water right water is so key and that's like 32 ounces i think this is like i think it, i can't remember more maybe 40 i think it gets i think it's close to like 30 or 40 ounces okay when you fill it all the way to the it's top it's a big it's a, it's big, a big mason, mason jar. jar it's a big mason jar yeah um and then um so i love this and i can keep it clean you can keep it clean you can put it in the in the in the dishwasher and then after that you know i i always use caffeine to go to the gym unless like i'm on vacation and i want a coffee in the afternoon i don't drink coffee in the morning but if you do drink coffee in the morning then i think like you want to go to the gym in the morning if you can um i so i use caffeine really only before I go to the gym. And if I'm not going to go to the gym, then I'll just use hot water or like a matcha tea um, with this fatty drink that I do in the morning, which is the two ounces of grass fed unsalted butter. I do a few big scoops of, of this cacao powder, which I really like, and a few big scoops of collagen powder um, and a little bit of cinnamon um, for health, not for taste. And um, I literally take the mini mason jar and it fits perfectly. I turn the big mason jar upside down. I put it on top of the mini mason jar, which is tiny. And then I, you know, reverse the two. Um, and then I pour the MCT oil in, which is two ounces of MCT oil. And then I just fill it up with water and I shake it. And I'm like, good to go. And that's What's your that drink. One? Yeah. And that's my drink. And um, if I stay really well hydrated and I get up in the morning, I probably don't need to have that until a little bit later. If I'm going to go to the gym, then I'll have it right before I go to the gym. And then essentially I just drink a lot of water and tea and some green juice with no sugar until um, I get hungry, yeah. which tends to be. And then I can then I can start to kind of play around with my hunger. So I'm not freaking out. But can I go a little longer? Can I have a little more tea? Can I have a little water? Can I have, you know, now I'll start doing like a little bit. Um, if I'm at home, like I'll do a good pickle or some like good sauerkraut. 
just because I like the salt. Yeah. Um, and it's a probiotic and it also doesn't break that keto sort of thing. Right. I never really get to ketosis because I find that just brutal. Yeah. And I also just don't want to worry about what I'm eating. So if I surround myself with healthy food, then great, I'll eat it. But dude, I'll eat pizza and I eat pasta and I eat dessert. And I don't worry about what time I stop eating at night um, because I'm focused when I go to the gym. And, and, uh, and I go regularly and, um, if I'm basically not eating, I mean, it's a high caloric, um, content for the, the fat, fatty drink, but it's but not, and there's a big gap. Well, there's just your, a long amount of time and right. there's no carbohydrates for the, such a significant period of time. Right. Um, from, let's just say if I get up at seven, uh, which I generally do with my kids, I mean, I, I might, I more than likely am not going to have any food until at least two in the afternoon. And sometimes I'll go till three, four, five, six, sometimes depending on where I'm going to go eat that night. Right. I mean, it's something, it becomes, again, this is where that thing goes. It's like there, you do cross a line at a certain point where it becomes fun. Yeah. I go, Oh, I'm going to go to Felix tonight for dinner in Venice. It's yes. like Italian's pasta. That's all I'm going to eat is pasta. It's the best pasta in the world. And, um, you know, chef Evan uh, is going to be whipping it up. So I'm going to say funk is the best a badass. In the world. Yeah. The be- he's truly, and he's a, he's been very inspiring to me as a human being. Uh, his, his consistent focus on maintaining quality. Yeah. So many people reach that level of success and then don't show up to the restaurant right. to cook anymore. I mean, it, and also I found a lot like the chef gets to be that, that badass point. And then it's just like, how do I cut stuff that's to right. make a shitload of he money? He literally just wants to make it better and, and more and more exacting, yeah. which is fractions of a percentage point. So um, if I'm going to go to, to Felix and have Evan's um, pasta uh, then it's like, oh, well, this will be a fun day tomorrow. Like, I'll see if I can really cruise all the way till dinner right. with this fat. And by the way, maybe I'll have two, but not not normally. It really just comes down to staying hydrated. Yeah. I'm really, really well hydrated. And um, if I get hungry, though, dude, I'm going to eat. Like, this idea of, you know, you really have to listen to your body. And there's some days I'm like, I wake up, I'm, I'm going to have breakfast. Yeah. Or if you're at something like the other day. Um, I'm like, I'm in Mexico and this seems like a great restaurant for breakfast. So I'm just going to do the breakfast today and I'll eat like, I'll eat like an animal today. It's all good. Right. Um, your mental health is just so, so important, but this system that I've had for me has been absolutely the, it's like, I'm like, I'm a, I, I don't ever need to change it. If I find something better, maybe I will. I do. I'm good on the supplements, you know, and I, I, again, I pack the, I pre-do the supplements. So, um, I have like a, just a little plastic container that I, and I'll line up 30 of them, like a little bottle. Um, and I'll put, I'll fill each one up with, um, the supplements for the day. Yeah. And I don't kill myself if I, if I don't get it, no problem. But, um, that's, and I pre-do the, the mini Mason jars with the fatty drink. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed, uh, our conversation about supplements too, because I, I don't really take supplements, but, and, but you were kind of like, I'm agnostic. If, what if it is, yeah. what if I don't feel the difference? Right. I feel the difference with creatine, yeah. but if I take my Hawaiian blue algae pill, I, I don't feel the difference. <laughs> I don't feel it with the omega threes. I don't yeah. feel it with the vitamin D. Or e. what if I 
you know, well, yeah. I don't want to be, be a like god, that, you know. We don't know. Maybe I should have taken those supplements. I would have gotten squeezed out a few more years with these beautiful <laughs> grandchildren. Yeah, I really appreciate that, man. I think that's what I think there's a version of that that my wife does, although she seems like a very much a zealot. Sorry for throwing her under the bus. And it's like, this is absolutely what this thing is gonna do. And I'm just like, I can't get there mentally. I mean, a lot of doctors are like, it's just very expensive to pee. Right. Um, but I don't, you know, I, look, I will say this. I am able to afford it. Yeah. So that is a barrier for a lot of supplements, though. Costco's got that Kirkland brand seems to be very well reviewed. Um, but I, th- I follow something. Like, I think it's called Consumer Labs. It's a subscription program. And you can go on and like look because they, t- they independently test a lot of uh, all these supplements. And it's, it is helpful um, because it's unregulated, which is total. T- I mean, just a shame on our country. Yeah. That the state of Utah, particularly, so they can just throw it's just you know baby laxative or it's something. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, but I do feel creatine. That is definitely a helpful supplement, and the rest. Um, but again, I, I, the, my system, the by pre-making the fatty drinks every, um, so I can just have them in a whole bunch of mason jars, little mini mason jars, and then have my big mason jar, um, and to have the supplements pre-done. That makes a huge difference in me being compliant. Yeah. I mean, a huge difference. And if you're not, if you're not, you have to figure out how to have a system that works for you. Yeah. You said Costco and I, and I had this thought back before when you were talking about uh, people who inspire you at the gym. My favorite dude to ever work out with was this guy, George, the butcher at Costco. And he would always be in the gym before work. And I knew like, fuck, if I work out with George, I'm going to work out harder and faster because he's got to get to work and I don't have to get to work today. So I'm going to work out with George. Uh, So shout out to George. Um, shout out to George. You know, I think it's the same thing with meditation, right? People feel like I don't have the time to meditate. I've got so much on my schedule. Um, and I'm like, I live in the real world, dude. I, you know, I'm not saying this like Hollywood, LA, like sure. I, I understand people's schedules and having kids too. Um, and how tired you can be and like how they can throw off your schedule. Sure. You know, if they get up late, it or, becomes or their schedule really. Yeah. Well, you're on God's time. Yeah. There's this great book called domestic monastery. I just read, which was like, <laughs> it was this idea of, People go off. There's all these religious practices where they try to get you to a higher level of consciousness, but ultimately all of the principles and elements and devices that they're using are, are what it is to be a parent. Yeah. And one of those is recognizing that you're on God's time. So you have a monastic bell, which means don't, the moment you hear it, you put down your pen. You don't even finish the actual letter right. on the paper. Um, you put down your spoon in the middle with the soup and you move on to the next activity because you're on God's time, it's the belt. Well, when your kids are screaming and yelling or they need to be fed or they need their diaper changed, like you recognize very quickly it's not your time. Yeah. But so I, I just want to say, like, I appreciate how tired you can be and what schedules look like. And I can appreciate people say, I don't have time to meditate, but they don't appre- or go to the gym. It's the same thing. It's like, it is a, uh, it's a slingshot. Yeah. yeah. You feel like you're going back because you don't, because I don't have the time. What am I doing? You're going back. But then the moment you let go, you go flying forward. When you take care of your body, you will have, you will feel better. Your experience with your kids will be more fulfilling. Yeah. Um, you will sleep better and you will eat better. Um, and it is hard to, to understand that, but the same um, conversation about how long it takes to actually see a difference in your body um, with eating perfectly and going to the gym is that you have to have faith that this works. Um, and the faith comes from um, either just believing or looking and speaking to other people who have been there who can tell you unequivocally that um, this is true. And if you've done it once, i.e. you've gotten into a certain level of shape one time, 
you know exactly what that schedule looks like and how yeah. long it takes to actually see it. And then you're like, oh yeah, I know exactly. And it can be hard for somebody who was in shape in high school or something, who's really let themselves go to go like, God, I was working so hard. I'm going to, I can't confront doing it again, but just get to the moment. Just try to remember the moment of actually being in shape and go like, it doesn't matter what the runway is. Get back to that because you're going to feel better. And great point about not having enough time because I think, and I think this is what you're saying. Like once you, once you figure it out, stuff falls into place. Well, yeah, there's these Instagram guys, you know, they're like, you make the time. Right. Like, you get up at 3 a.m. You get up at 2 a.m. Like, oh, if I'm going to get up at 2 a.m. and go, like, it's, a, it's the hustle. It's the drive you in beast mode. Are you in-? Yeah. It, yes, it's very nice to be in beast mode. I get it. And, like, I understand <laughs> that hustling great. is, like, three hours a night of sleep. I, you know, Jeff Bezos is saying, you know, he says, look, if you're making executive decisions, that's your job, right? You're making – and your parents are making executive decisions, CEO-level yeah. decisions. You need some time to sleep, man. He's right. like, I sleep eight hours a day and make good decisions. That is a slingshot decision. You are going backwards to make better decisions moving forward. Right. When you understand that if you take 20 minutes a day to meditate or 10 minutes – you know, I, I do, tw- I try to do 20 minutes twice a day. I yeah. do TM. I think we talked about it. It's a very important part of my life. Um, if you figure out that you can go to the gym, whether it's an hour a day or it's 20 minutes, if you say, I'm going to devote 15 minutes to doing some sort of an exercise, you will find out immediately how much better you feel and sleep and eat. Yeah. And um, that is the sort of like beast mode that I'm talking about. But uh, you have to have, you have to put that, um, you have to understand that it's all integrated what you're eating, how you're sleeping, what you're doing physically will have a tremendous impact on your body and your mind and your soul. Yeah. Jonathan Tucker, thank you so much. American glutton. American glutton. Yeah, let's get life on beast mode. What did, can you just, before we end, can you just tell me what, what is, the, when you pick the name American glutton, I mean, what what are you using to define glutton in these conversations? Well, okay, and and this my wife has brought up a few times, but I I I am like, are we covering material that's already been covered? No, on the podcast? I don't know that I've ever been asked that actually. Um, I uh, still feel very much like a glutton. Now I'm a glutton for high protein, low fat, moderate carbs and lifting weights. I've been a glutton for um, drugs and alcohol. I've been a glutton for this is just a a kind of a recurring theme in my life. Um, uh, I can be a glutton for philosophy or, you know, science fiction or riding a bicycle or eating everything in sight and becoming very obese. So. It's something, it's like, it's like the sin I associate myself with most, if we're going to go down that path. I don't know if it's a sin for, you know, I, I, I really like the way the Jews um, do religion where it's like, these are our rules. We have a lot of rules, 613 rules. That's what you have if you're a Jew. Yes, observant. Everybody else, seven rules. Everybody else. And these are rules like there's a couple in there that I go like, is that really a rule? I think there's like a false idols rule in there or maybe not, but something about God. But really, it's like don't kill people, you know, don't steal stuff. These are fairly good rules to say like, yes, I'm going to apply the idea that uh, murdering people is not a a good thing and I'm not going to let people murder me and my family and stuff like that. Um, But uh, 
How did I start talking about Judaism? I don't even know what the fucking point was of that. Well, I'll just jump on and just say that I'll just jump on. That sounds like you're an Instagram guy. Just wanted to jump on here, guys. Yeah. Um, is that spiritually, you know, everybody has something to offer. You know, everybody has something to offer. And if you're not living your best life, you're not offering it to the capacity at which um, you could. Yeah. And when you do end up understanding that your physical fitness is connected to that, um, that capacity, um, then a lot of really beautiful things start happening for yourself. But in many ways, maybe, I don't know if it's more important, but maybe more importantly, it starts happening for other people because of you. Yeah. And you know, nothing feels better to sleep in that even more than physical fitness than helping other people. Yeah. It's the, you know, giving back is the way in which we find true meaning in our life. And you do that by having self-worth and dignity. You do that um, at the, in the, in the most, with the most impact when you're your truest self. And that comes with understanding that, you know, you've got legs and arms and organs and things that should be treated well. Yeah. 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 So... I don't know why glutton. I mean, I just, it's just, it's just, yeah, that's the sin that. Yeah. Or the other, or the other way, like it's, you can find how to be gluttonous in the right ways. Yeah. And now, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do and, and talk about it and, and actually use this to keep myself accountable. And, and if, if this conversation helps a person out there, then that's a benefit literally to me. Yeah, no, it yeah. is. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And now for the Q&A. See, we're kind of like becoming aristocrats now. Right? Did I lose you? Page- Sorry, you mean in the way... We- yeah, I lost you for a second. You mean in the way we talk? Yeah. We're getting like real proper with it. Yeah, should we go from something more punk rock? Yeah. And now for the Q&A. No, that was stupid. And no, na- I like it. <laughs> and now for the Q&A. Here's one from Jason. Another Jason. Uh, yeah, well, another Jason. No one on this episode will know that we just recorded one about Jason. Is but it yes, the same Jason? Jason? It's a different Jason. Okay. I don't say, pe- I don't say people's last names, but oh, it's for good. sure a no, different Jason. Yeah, we yeah, don't want to dox do anyone. Okay, do you want no, to say no. that part again? Yeah, let's start again. Here is a question from Jason. Hi, Jason. Jason asks, if you could recommend one or two books on basic nutrition, what would they be? I'm a type 2 diabetic here that needs to jump back on the wagon. Let's start again. <laughs> I have a question from Jason. Hi, Jason. Jason says, if you could recommend... <laughs> my god you have a case scott, of the giggles no okay. scott don't you dare cut all this this is the part that is real this is us being well, real people it's for sure me being a crazy person okay this is by the way jason, jason i just yes. i just want you to know Paige is laughing at you no, i'm not it's so mean Paige. Oh, it's so mean my god he has type 2 diabetes. What you're doing is mean. I am not 
not laughing at Jason. I just got a case of the giggles because I feel I'm on the spot. It's but true. I shouldn't feel that way. Jason, okay. really, she's laughing at me, and it's humiliating, and I'm just trying to defer and deflect. That's more like it. Okay, good. Okay, so Jason is a type 2 diabetic that needs to jump back on the wagon and wants to know if you could recommend one or two books on basic nutrition. Okay, I'll... Uh, thanks for the question, Jason. The jump back on the wagon to me insinuates that he was on some plan and then got off of it. And so I'm, you know, curious what that plan was. And if it was successful, why not just go back to that? Right? Well, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, um, from, from... we don't know the details. We don't know if it was successful long term or if it was a short term thing. Or if jump back on the wagon just means like, yeah, we don't know. Right. Okay. So two books. I can definitely rec recommend books on nutrition. I would say that I have um, firsthand involvement in a person with type 1 diabetes. I do not have uh, a lot of experience or any really dealing with somebody with type 2 diabetes. I know that... Um, Type 1 diabetics are, are immediately put on insulin, and sometimes there are ways to prolong type 2 diabetics uh, or, or, or not put them on insulin and, and kind of uh, handle their um, situation more through diet. I haven't read any books that specifically deal with that. I have looked at some data that shows that just fat loss for diabetics type two specifically type two diabetics is super beneficial so i think that that would be the thing i am speaking to i i don't have pardon me i don't have um a ton of information on uh on how specifically a type two diabetic should eat but i i have read that fat loss is super beneficial so I uh, the books I would really readily suggest are uh, Mike Isratel's uh, The Renaissance Diet 2.0 and Lane Norton's Fat Loss for Life. Um, those two books are like my bibles for fat loss. Um, those are not specific to anything though so i i feel like i'm at a loss here because i want to go like oh there's a great book specifically about uh diets for type 2 diabetics and i just have no experience with that so that said i have read um scientific papers that that say that there's a lot of evidence that fat loss for diabetics is super beneficial and so that's that would be my as like listen again as not a doctor, not a nutritionist, not a dietitian. That's my that's what my mind jumps to is uh, maybe you'd feel better or be better off or be closer to physical goals if you lost some fat. That's that's what I go to. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking? Yeah, that, no, that was a very judgmental. Mm -hmm. No. I, not at all. Kind I was going to say, no, not at all. I was going to say, um, I would never judge your answer. Um, you could, I, you could say like, that's a shitty answer. Try harder. Okay. Or like you could, I, I, let me rephrase then. 
I thought you gave a great answer. It gives a couple of resources that have been successful for you. As you always say, it's been successful for you. It's not a Bible for someone else. And you mentioned, I don't know what the specific situation here is, here is with, you know, being a type two diabetic, but I mean, I've heard you talk about these books a lot and I feel like they're going to be helpful no matter what. And a person, if they have a condition like type two diabetes can take what parts apply to them and obviously leave anything that would be detrimental to their condition. So I thought you gave a great answer. Okay, good. Yeah. I would also say that, um, I was talking with somebody who has a boyfriend with type two diabetes, but their boyfriend was also a Pacific Islander. And when I was saying like, well, it should all be handled by diet. She, she kind of put me in my place and was like, you know, there are some genetic predispositions that are not necessarily, um, dietary factors and and that was when I was like totally confused because I was like wait a second that isn't that type 1 diabetes and she was very adamant that it wasn't I don't know that data super good or at all you know my understanding of it is that um type 2 diabetes can be handled through diet and medication that's not insulin um and Mm -hmm. and and um but but I, I I don't really know like I don't you know what I mean I'm saying that and going like but then this lady like had contradictory information and so like I can't I never I never pursued that study because I don't have that and my kids don't have it and really you know I'm not like a dietitian so yeah oh, I wish I could I wish I had a a, a good like solution I wish I had something more profound. I I have read that fat loss is super beneficial. And so um, maybe that could help him. Well, I think that's great advice. And I think we're, we're stating again, for the record, nobody's an expert here in like a trained, you know, medical fashion. And obviously anything should get checked with a person's doctor, especially if you have a condition. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Good. Awesome. I feel good about that. If you have a question that you'd like Ethan to answer, please send it in to AmericanGlutton.net. Uh, but we're both answering it, right? Well, I mean, technically you're answering it. All right. You're I'm just commenting. like, you're co-signing the answer. I'm co-signing. <laughs> I just, in the lawsuit, you're going to get named. That's all. Right, right. Obviously. Okay, Obviously. good. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely.